the beginning of a three-week series uh, of, on Thanksgiving, and, and what did that mean? And so, you know, this, this uh, sermon was inspired by Josiah. And he just, as I was saying, sermon inspired by, he got a big old Josiah grin, which I have seen all my life. That same grin, as uh, you all know and I know. And Josiah, you know you're my baby, right? Yeah. yeah. Whether you like it or not, right? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, we're, we're going to take a look at this series of Thanksgiving. So I just want you to take a couple seconds or so, those of you online, just chat it in, get some interaction between all of you, but what do you know about Thanksgiving? So just write down some things that come to mind for you about Thanksgiving. And like I said, those of you online, go ahead and just chat it in, and we'll get some of that. So sorry, you're not writing it down. You need a pen? Nice catch. See, I can even throw this morning. All right, who wants to start us out? And I'll change the question a little bit. We'll get back into this. Your favorite Thanksgiving movie or show? Like, yes, and others would be like, forget you, you are done. 
right. What else do you know about Thanksgiving and this? Uh, Lita comments online, family is a big part of that. We talked last night about uh, what meal we were going to have for Thanksgiving. I was, uh, we had quite a few, the traditional Thanksgiving turkey, and, and then uh, Daniel like goes, you know, we don't have to have real turkey. We could have turkey hot dogs. <laughs> it's turkey. And he's like, it's turkey, it counts. Uh, that's for sure, we will not have turkey hot dogs Thanksgiving Day for our main meal, okay? Uh, you know, we may have it as an appetizer, I don't know, but you know, what was that say? Separate. You want regular turkey and turkey hot dogs. Oh, good. All right. She doesn't want turkey hot dogs today. What do you, what do you know, though, about Thanksgiving? Pilgrims. Was that, was that you too? Alright, pilgrims. Yeah, Leela. Indians. They had a feast. Corn. Corn. What else? What do you know about Thanksgiving? Giving thanks for blessings. Leela.
thought about Thanksgiving. And so for these three weeks, I have two main goals. One, to help us grow in Thanksgiving year round. We can grow with Thanksgiving. And then secondly, how to create Thanksgiving. Because sometimes, if we're honest, we don't feel very grateful and thankful. Life is hard. Life does not go as planned. And then we need to be able to turn to things of, okay, I don't have much gratitude or thankfulness in me, so how can I create it? And the beauty is scripture is filled with ways we can create thanksgiving. Way more than just turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and pumpkin pie. Or uh, stuffing or green bean casserole, you know, or the like. Now, let's be honest, sometimes that makes me very thankful. A good piece of homemade. My, my mother in makes the best pie. Nothing against the rest of you, but I, hands down, I've never had a pie or a that I didn't like. Even when I didn't like the type of pie it was prior to eating hers. Okay? Uh, she is tremendous in that way. Those things help, but but we can do more than just that. And so if you'll turn with me to uh, 2 Corinthians 4. And I, I just want to start, I think, with with to some extent the theme verse of these next three weeks of uh, 2 Corinthians 4 15. <laughs> Where we read words like this, all of this, everything that Paul, and I'll explain a little bit of what Paul has said prior, all of this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. There are two really important words in this verse that, that sums up all of thankfulness and sums up a lot of the New Testament idea of thankfulness. And, and these are the two words. Anybody want to pronounce them besides Ron Cutter or Pastor Paul? Okay? Because I know they can pronounce it. Alright? I, I, and some of you are looking at me and thinking, that looks like Greek to me. It is. It's all Greek. Except you the end. Do what? Then can't you? Can't I? Yeah, can't you pronounce it then? Well, yeah. Alright? The first one is Eucharistian, and the second one is Kyros. Eucharistia. There's a little difference in pronunciation with that. Two very important Greek words. The first one, Kyros, and really the second on the screen. Kyros, anybody know what Kyros is? Besides our your cousin Harris. No, 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 I do. Oh, yeah, but you're looking at the next slide. But what is it, Daniel? Grace. Grace. Harris is the Greek word for grace. And he talks about it here, the idea of grace causing thankfulness. Grace is a word that we need to be reminded of. To grow in thanksgiving means we must notice grace. Now, so let's back up, and how does Paul start to quote that in this passage? He starts much earlier on, but in, in verse 7, he says, But we have these treasures 
lot of uh, the chapters prior to in 2 Corinthians, these treasures in jars of clay to show the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The grace of God is seen in the fact that he uses ordinary, common, and not-so-great-looking objects to proclaim his goodness. N.T. Wright in his uh, commentary on 2 Corinthians tells of the story of the ambassador to the United States from uh, Britain during the Second World War and the beginning of the Cold War era. He talks about, and I forget the ambassador's name, so if someone wants to look it up and, uh, and let me know, you're more than welcome to do that, let me know later. Um, you know, he, you know, those were days when uh, if something was very important, and maybe this ambassador talked with our president, needed to go to the prime minister, wouldn't just pick up the phone because there was a good chance it was not going to be safe and secure. And so what they did in those days is they would have special letters and special mail bags that everyone kind of knew was top secrets. And it would fly back and forth from each continent day by day by day. Get important things there. But Instagram had had interactions with this ambassador, and, and there was this idea that for very important, highly top secret things, you want to know what the ambassador did? He put it in a regular envelope. People wouldn't know that that was the most important information. Just a regular old envelope that you and I might have in our own house. And sit down and sway. Ordinary conscience, which is good because you and I, if we kind of look around, we're not all that spectacular. Yes, we may have some first team, uh, you know, all conference players. And we have, may have people that are very gifted uh, educationally. We may have others that have gotten awards and the like, but the reality is, is most of us are not very spectacular. Yet God, in his wisdom and in his grace, uses not the spectacular of the world, but the very normal things like you and me. These treasures in some translation, earthen vessels. Nothing spectacular. Yet that is to proclaim that grace is outside of us. The grace of Jesus sustains. And so some of us are in these portion of verses 8, and some of you that grew up in church, and I, I know many of us have not grown up in church, and that's a wonderful thing. We, but those of you who grew up in church, you know this, these words by heart. We are hard-pressed on every side, but are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, and many Christian artists have picked this up and made them uh, lyrics to songs to, to flow there. The grace of Jesus sustains, even though we are pressed on every side. Some of you, because of the, the circumstances of this world, are being pressed in. And you wonder, how much more can I take the reality is the grace of Jesus will sustain. 
The grace of Jesus also gives us the, the point of verse 16 where Paul says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Because of everything else, because of the grace of Jesus, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Some of you understand the fact that outwardly your bodies are wasting away. Not you, man. You're too young. Alright? You know? But Grandpa knows that his body isn't what it was when he was your age. You know? Uh, some of us, we've, we've, we've had joint replacements. We will have joint replacements. You know, Josiah, not everybody's brain works as quickly as yours. Okay? There's some of us who are much older that our brain, we hold fire. You know? And, and some of you get it. You go and say something, you're like, you know, or the joke I saw on social media, uh, someone was proclaiming with very much joy, they finally walked into a room and remembered what they went in there for. <laughs> you know, memory is the second thing to go, I cannot remember the first. You know, and we are wasting away from the grace of Jesus as we do not lose heart because we know we are being renewed inwardly and we know that we have a glorious hope, so we fix our eyes on what is not seen. Now, this isn't a uh, difference between physical and spiritual primarily. Paul is talking about we have a physical reality to come in Jesus Christ. It isn't just look at the spiritual things and forget the physical things. He goes, you have a physical hope and future because of the resurrection of Jesus. So continue to fix your eyes on that heart that Jesus has prepared for us and glory according to his promise. The grace of Jesus sustains you on a throne in thanksgiving. Look for grace. Where have you seen grace? Where can you find grace? Where can you show grace? You want to create thanksgiving? Be gracious to somebody. Give them something they do not deserve. Why? 90% of people will give you thanksgiving in return. 99% of people will experience and express that second word, Eucharistic, meaning thankfulness. Throughout most of the New Testament, it is this word that is used over and over again in connection with the Lord's Supper and communion. In fact, to some extent, this is where we get the word Eucharist, which is another name for communion or the Lord's table, especially in Catholic churches, Eastern Orthodox. Uh, I don't know if the Lutherans use the word Eucharist. I'm looking at you alone and let them know. Right. It can be. You know, they're very much interchangeable. And the reminder of this table is a table of grace because you see within that word, you know, I'll go back, if you look at that Greek word, you see the word charis in there. You see the word grace in there. Because a thankfulness to some extent is a response of grace Paul is teaching us. And what better way to experience thankfulness than at this table of communion, of the Lord's table. 
thankfulness was so much a part of the early church that I think that's one of the reasons they grew in favor with many others. How many times, though, do you know of self-proclaimed Christians that thankfulness isn't a word that you would describe them as? Grateful is not a word you would describe them as. There are many Christians, and sometimes we have to live, we have to live in reality, not just sometimes, we have to, but we can bemoan and complain and criticize everything that is wrong, that there is never an ounce of joy that comes out, but there's only a pound of problems. And yet, if we want to grow in thanksgiving, if we want to create thanksgiving, Maybe we need to be less critical and more gracious. Maybe that is what people will start to see within the Lord's people is this sense of thanksgiving. Yes, though we are pressed on every side, we know we cannot be crushed because of who Jesus is, and so I will choose to be thankful for the grace of Jesus. If we need more thanksgiving, then we need to proclaim the salvation of Christ greatly. Over and over in 2 Corinthians, we see that God has given us mercy in this ministry, so we do not lose heart. He talks about if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those perishing, so we've got to pray that the gospel would uh, come so that unbelievers could see it. We do not preach ourselves, verse 5, but Jesus. And if we want to grow and create thanksgiving, we need to understand that more and more people are coming to salvation in Jesus, and therefore let our thanksgiving overflow. Do you know that particularly in Africa and the Middle East, the Church of Jesus is growing exponentially? People are responding every single day to the gospel of Jesus. Now, I'm reading a book that is uh, called The Great Dechurching about faith in America. And it is growing exponentially there. Friends, it is not growing exponentially here. In fact, in According to the authors of that book, we are seeing the greatest shift in any 25-year period in the past 25 years, where more and more people who used to go to church, more people that used to go to church than any, anybody who ever responded to a Billy Graham crusade and others, are now no longer attending church. These are people who don't know things of church, they just stop going to church. You want to know, I think, part of the reason why? We haven't been, one, very good at proclaiming the gospel continually. Two, we haven't been very thankful in the past 25 years as God's people. We have been very much ungrateful. In my opinion, I might be wrong. We've been fighting other battles, and it, it, while fighting other good and necessary battles, we have failed 
to get back to the foundation of the church, which is to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That any and all who call upon the name of Jesus may be saved. And so as I come to a close, I challenge us with this. May this Thanksgiving, may we get back to sharing Jesus. We got to get back to the gospel. And we got to invite people. I said the other week, and they're still back there, there's an image of our church back there, our little quarter-sized sheet of paper where you can use to invite someone to come to church. Over and over again, the number one reason people will come to church is because somebody they know will invite them. Sterling, you're here because they invited you, right? You weren't just going to show up at our door, were you? They invited you. And he's been here. Here in the gospel of Jesus. You have somebody that, didn't, that used to go to church, that don't go to church, invite you to church with you. And say, you can sit right next to me. It doesn't matter. Most people will say, okay, I'll do that. That's part of proclaiming and sharing Jesus. Take one of those. It's easy. It has all the information. You know? Tell them to watch this online first if they want. Let's see how crazy you are in a good way. You know, but that's the point. And that is the point of this table. This table isn't just a reminder that we get to sit on the grace of Jesus. And Jesus talked about when you partake in this table, you proclaim that I'm coming back. You proclaim my salvation until I come and make it anew again. And so I, I, I just challenge you, if you do the devotions that I've kind of created, and those of you online, if you go to our app, uh, any of you, if you pick up our app, the, the devotions are right there. It's easy to find every week. to get updated every week. Or if you go to our website, slash devotions, you'll get the, one of the questions I asked this week is, or I, I asked you to do this week is, make a list of people that you want to share Jesus with. Make a list, because if you're not intentional about looking for that, you will miss it. Make a list of who you want to share Jesus with. And then pray for the opportunities. And I hope you've not gotten tired of seeing on our list that every week we're, we, we have on here, we're praying for not just unspoken requests, but unsaved friends, families, neighbors, enemies. Because we read here, that, that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they can't see the gospel. we got to pray that their eyes would be open. But can I tell you, there are many of times you can have a conversation where you're not old enough to do it. Myself included. This isn't a shame on you. It's more of a shame on me. You can do it. Okay? i got to be intentional about that. About loving people Enough. And to be joyful and thankful. When we have this idea of thanksgiving that it just overflows, as, as Paul says, you're overflowing, people are attracted. I close with this illustration that proved it. Have you ever been at a fountain, whether in Troy or in a, in a uh, 
mall they used to have or anywhere outside the city, they always draw people with the sound, with the splashes. The fountain is overflowing in many ways. And we be Christians who overflow with Thanksgiving. You say, well, I don't have a lot to be grateful for. You may not. It's been a hard year. I get that. It's been a hard year for my family. You know, we're not happy about some things. We'll let the Lord know we're not happy about it. But we've also seen His grace. And we can be grateful for His grace. We can proclaim His grace upon ourselves and others. And so that is why we come to this 